Welcome back to Lucid Living, and if this is your first time, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to have you aboard. My name is Andrew Larkin. I'm an actor, model, performer, storyteller, and today I'm going to be your host, your guide for today's podcast episode. All right, my friends, for today's episode, we're going to dive deep into a little bit of spirituality, but first we're going to do some breath work now. I'm going to give also a few life updates as to what has been going on with my life, because some cool things have been happening. And but first, I want to dive into the breath. And one of the things I'm going to talk about from a personal note is I've been doing this five-day breathwork challenge with Brian Kelly. And breathwork has been something that's very intentional with. I'm very intentional with at this moment in my life. And at the on day four, we the content piece. We learned a lot of different breathwork exercises. And I'm talking activation breathwork techniques. That's kind of to you know, in the morning to activate your body, to energize yourself, to tackle the rest of the day. We have balancing techniques, you know, to ground yourself back to the center, you know, five, five, four, four, box breathing, center yourself. And then we have the rest and digest, the parasympathetic recovery breathing, which is that parasympathetic that we, uh, I like talking about, which is inhaling and then exhaling longer than your inhale. When we do that, Channel the parasympathetic and we get into a pretty cool state. So I want to dive into a little bit of parasympathetic breathing. This is one exercise, one breathwork technique. We have about 10. So who knows? We could dive into a bunch of them throughout the next upcoming podcast. So stay tuned. But for this one, we're just going to do four, two, and six. So that's an inhale for four through the nose. Hold for two. Exhale for six. Out the mouth. And then right back into four. Hold for two, out for six. And remember, as we breathe, as we inhale, diaphragmatic breathing, deep, deep, deep into the belly, into the lower belly. Expand the belly nice and big, nice and big, nice and big. Hold for two, and then out for six. Out the mouth, contract your belly back to your center. All right, my friend. Let us dive into this practice for us. I say let's do five breaths, five rounds. I'm going to guide you, so just follow my counting, follow my voice. This is a great time to find gratitude. Focus on the breath. Come back to the present moment. Do this for you. No matter where you are throughout the day, it's a beautiful practice. So here we go, my friend. We're going to start with an exhale. All the breath out. Exhale it all out. And we're going to inhale in three, two, one. Inhale through the nose. Two, three, four. Hold. One, two. Exhale. One, two. Two, three, four, five, six. Inhale. Two, three, four. One, two. Exhale. Two, three, four, five, six. Inhale. Three, four. Hold. Two. Exhale. One, two, three, four five six inhale one two three four hold one two exhale one two three four five six last one inhale one two three four hold one two exhale one two three four five six 
Then we can return back to our natural breathing patterns. How do we feel? We feel rested, we feel relaxed, we feel connected to our body, connected to our mind. You get those crazy days, man. Sometimes things are just blah, 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 blah. It's just really lets us slow down. That was a minute, right? Super powerful, super beautiful. I'm excited to introduce some more exercises in the future. So yes, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. One of the things that I wanted to touch on was doing the five-day breathwork challenge. Brian Kelly is a legend, and each day we have a content piece, which is introducing breathwork techniques, how to breathe, what is breathing, why is breathing so important, what is proper breathing, and talking about just over-breathing and the dangers of over-breathing. And then the next piece is the actual breath work. So it's about 15 minutes of deep breathing. Started off with one with two rounds, then I went into three rounds, day four and five. And those breathing techniques kind of shifted. It was mostly it was a little bit like like so inhale through the belly, inhale to the chest, and then exhale. And you do that for about three minutes, and then you hold. And then you release, and then you hold that retention, and then you go back into it. And that changed over the course of the days, but it was pretty similar. Some days we set an intention. Some days we felt into how do we feel afterwards. Some days we felt into how we felt throughout the rest of our day after doing a practice like that. And it's super powerful, man. And you learn a lot. And he also talked about morning routine and structures and creating habits and routines and how breathwork is such a beautiful practice to get us into a state where we can start to create new habits and therefore start to change our lives and shift to become who we want to be because we don't rise to our goals we fall to the structures we what is that that quote we don't rise to our goals we fall to the structures of the goals which is the little action steps those little things which is an interesting thing because i keep talking about i kept saying you know like i want to set goals i want to be goal oriented da, 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 da. but really that's it's good to have goals, but goals are nothing without the action steps to the goals, the structures, the things you're going to do every single day, the non-negotiables you're going to do every single day to get to where you want to be. And that's a pretty powerful thing in breathwork. It really taught you that. And also, I recommend this to anyone who struggles with self-trust. If you ever find yourself saying you're going to do something and you don't do it, or someone asks you to do something and you say you're going to do it and you don't do it, and you don't follow through, and then you kind of fall back into self-pity and lack of self-worth, which is a devastating cycle to get into. Been in there, man. And doing challenges is a beautiful way to hold yourself accountable and to build self-trust. And when you have self-trust, you build confidence. A lot of us think that we don't have, we might not have confidence, but confidence is just trust in ourselves. True trust. So doing a challenge, I'm gonna dive into doing a 30-day challenge is powerful, but 30 days can be really overwhelming. So this was a five-day breathwork challenge blocked out it was about thank you phone it was about 20 minutes for the content piece and then about 20 minutes for the breathing and dedicate that time in the morning and bang it out and feel like a million bucks afterwards i have my whole morning routine man wake up stretch water go to the gym get my supplements in cold shower and then i hit the breath work and it's been a pretty awesome awesome thing and one of the things that i also wanted to share i should have checked i forget if i actually talked about this in the last episode but i'm going to talk about it again i had this discovery with the breath with the breath the breath holding so if you guys have been following this all throughout january i think i've clocked in 35 
I have this new app called Stamina, and it does these breathwork tables to help um, build and adapt to low oxygen levels, but also build and adapt to higher levels of CO2 tolerance, our resistance, our tolerance to CO2 levels in the body. So basically the ability to hold the breath and getting comfortable with that for free diving specifically, because free diving fascinates me and I want to expand my lung capacity. So I've been doing that for the past month. And basically you got these different sets, these different, you have holding and you have breathing. So you have an, an interval, let's say a minute of breathing, and then you hold for a minute. And then depending on what you're trying to go after, the hold increases or decreases, or the the breathing increases or decreases. And when I was doing my breathing, I was trying really diving into parasympathetic breathing. So I would I would inhale for one, I would hold for two, and I would exhale for ten. Hold for two. Inhale for one. Hold for two. Exhale for ten. Hold for two. And I was doing that, and over time I was able to really increase my breath hold time which is pretty cool like i got 353 and it felt awesome some days it's better some days i'm not really there and it's not it's not as great but after doing this breathwork challenge we have two rounds sometimes three rounds and in between each round after the depending on which breath we do when i get into that wim hof kind of breathing that holotropic breathing that really fast breathing acute stress breathing we do a breath hold in between it for about a minute and a half and then two minutes and then two and a half minutes and when i do that and i'm on my third round and i hold my breath i, I could hold my breath for two and a half minutes three minutes and that was it felt crazily effortless it was wild so i was like this is interesting this is interesting so i did one of my breath work breath holding exercises and I have my app, and my app tracks my heart rate throughout the whole process. So usually, it's getting really, really nitty gritty, but if you're following me, usually when I breathe, my breath, when I breathe, I'm in my parasympathetic, right? So I'm in for one, hold for two, out for 10. When I go, when I do that, my heart rate lowers, and you can see my heart rate lower. And then I hold, and then it goes, and then I hold for however long, and when I, my hold times, my heart rate is increasing. So it kind of looks like a mountaintop of my heart rate throughout my breathing experience throughout the eight rounds. It's about 20 minutes, eight rounds of breathing. And it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. And when I'm breathing, it goes down. When I'm holding, it goes up. Now, when I do the Wim Hof, and then I was like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do the Wim Hof breathing, which is the holotropic fast breathing in between for my breathing instead of the parasympathetic breathing. And when I did this, I was able to hold it for longer. But then I looked at my stats and I found that when I was breathing, my heart rate elevated, not crazy amounts, but it elevated. And when I held it, my heart rate decreased. And that's why I was able to hold it longer and feel easier because my heart rate was going down. So I'm like, yo, that was crazy. I feel like a scientist. And um, so I essentially, I just completely reversed what I had been doing and it's actually easier. So I haven't gone for a PR yet, but I'm telling you, I'm going to do this practice and I'm going to PR. So get ready for it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hold myself accountable for it. That was a pretty cool discovery, man. I'm telling you, it's so great to do research and to learn and to learn and to learn, but I like the experimentation, like learning for yourself 
it's awesome. It's freaking awesome. So that was a really cool discovery. And then next thing happening with me is the two years to live challenge with Emil Steenveld. My, oh, my brother from another mother out in Bali is incredible. He's been doing this work for so long and he created such a beautiful space for me. And I actually have two buddies, two friends who are on this, this journey as well. And it's really awesome. And we have the work and yesterday was our first call and just being therapy is so important but therapy is one-on-one -on -one. there's something about being in a community setting where other people are sharing such vulnerable parts about themselves and breaking down you know you see them go through this human process and you know bring out all these emotions and that gives us all permission to feel it gives us all permission to go into our our vulnerabilities and our depths and our stories and our traumas and it's such a safe space to do it so it's so beautiful so amazing yesterday was day one we got a lot of work to do 30 days baby this is that 30 day challenge so hold myself accountable got my accountability buddies and we are on it so it's pretty cool all right let's dive into today's episode again we could have just done this whole episode on little little updates but let's dive into it so i want to talk a little bit about the spiritual ego because during our call with emil he actually brought up the idea of the spiritual ego and i was like that's really cool i hadn't really thought that much about it and it's fascinating. It's fascinating. So when we are unconscious, the spiritual ego really ties into individuals who are doing the work. So you have, first you have the people who are unconscious. They're not really doing the work. They're very reactive. They have their traumas. They might suppress it. They don't understand the language. Uh, you know, they don't go to therapy. No judgment against these people. I love you guys if you're listening to this. I love you. I love you so deeply. But there isn't that awareness there and there's this unconsciousness and when we're in that state it's very easy to blame others it's very easy to become reactive and there's a lot of that self-sabotage kind of thing and it's a it's a hard place to be in and i've been there and it's really challenging which is why we talk about doing the work is so beautiful for opening up for us to identify who we are who we were who we want to be how we want to show up how we want to feel what do we want to bring into this world doing that work is hard it's a hard journey but Thank you, train. Take a moment for the train. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But when we do that work, it is so beautiful. And you can feel it. You can feel people and how they resonate because we are all energy. You can feel people who are doing the work and people who aren't. So spiritual ego. So we have the ego, right, for the unconscious people. The ego is, I want to be successful. The ego doesn't want to fail. The ego wants to be perfect. The ego is in control. The ego is in control. And granted, a lot of who we are and what we do and what the ego is, the subconscious, which is like 93% of the game. And our conscious is 7%. So our ego runs the show so much and whenever we were hurt or power was taken from us, our ego wants to get the power back. So we will hurt other people on the process to get what we want, what we desire, what that ego wants, what that ego craves. So we hear about the ego a lot, that selfishness, those, those ideas, and it's very prevalent. But then you start doing the work, right? And you go on this journey, this beautiful journey, you start you know, you're reading the books, you're doing the things, and you're, and you're on the path, and you're starting to heal, and you're, and you're opening up, and it's like, I'm so cool, I'm doing it, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the work. And then, it, there's this interesting thing that might happen where we have this spiritual ego now. And he brought this up because it was fascinating because the spiritual ego, 
I'm going to talk about spiritual bypassing in a little bit. And I was, I heard about that phrase and I, I kind of understood it, but I didn't understand it. But I looked it up and I'm going to dive into more specifically of what spiritual bypassing is. But the spiritual ego is essentially still like an extension of the ego. It's like the ego above the ego. You know, it's like a disassociated ego. It's like a molecule just separating and he's like, this spiritual ego is up here looking down at that other ego. You know, like, like we are separate. <laughs> and... The spiritual ego thinks he's better than the other ego um, and that he's above the other ego, but also that he's maybe above or she's above others, right? And it's interesting because what is spirituality? What is love? What is, what is wholeness? It's when we have the spiritual ego, there's a disassociation and it creates separation, which is kind of super counterintuitive to what spirituality is and what this work is right and it can also be this idea of toxic positivity also might dive into that where i'm all high mighty i'm all this i'm all this and then you suppress your emotions right i am i am i am i am joy i am love i am these all these positive affirmations and you think you're so high and you're doing the work and i'm this i am great i am great i am great but then life hits us and we don't allow ourselves to dip down because we're like i'm no i'm not that i i'm I, that is not a part of me anymore i am up here and we kind of disassociate from the human experience of the highs and the lows, the yin and the yangs, the valleys and the peaks. And it can create that disassociation and that separation. And when we don't feel into our emotions, that's a dangerous game, man, because that is the human experience. That anger, that jealousy, maybe some of that resentment, you know, the sadness the spiritual ego might say i'm above all of that because we label these emotions as negative as bad get away from me but that is a part of the hu human experience the cosmos the, the, the everything that makes up who we are and it's beautiful and so divine and we need those emotions but the spiritual ego no 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 i'm better than that i'm better than you right toxic positivity you have the the god complex maybe i read all the books i'm doing all the work and i'm better than you you're not doing the work, so I'm better than you, right? And that, again, wanting to be right is the ego, right? I want to be right. I want to rock. You're, you're down here. Come up to me. Come up to me, you know? And, and there's this force. There's this resistance. There's this pushing. And it kind of, again, is counterintuitive to this spiritual, I don't want to use the word enlightenment, but something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we have: being above you, the God complex, toxic positivity. You're getting, you're getting the drift as the spiritual ego. And this conversation really isn't for people who haven't started doing the work. This is for people who are doing the work. And when you start doing the work, it's, I, it's, I think it's interesting to feel into when that comes up. When does that arise? When do we feel like we're above others because I'm doing the work? And it's hard sometimes, too, because you do the work and you separate from people in your lives who are down here and you start rising above and you're like, oh, this is amazing. But then those people still might judge you for doing the work. And it's like, OK, but I'm above you and you're not coming with me. And, what, 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 and there's like it's very confusing, which is why surrounding ourselves with our tribe is huge. It's huge. It's huge. All right. I want to dive into spiritual bypassing now. What is spiritual bypassing? Spiritual bypassing is defined as using one's spirituality to avoid facing unresolved issues, either on a personal, interpersonal, or systemic level. So some examples of spiritual bypassing is avoiding reality and what's happening in the world, deflecting any conversation that makes you feel uncomfortable or doesn't fit your spiritual ideals, 
seeing yourself as a chosen one, pretending to be happy when you're not, pretending everything is all love and light when it's not, using the term empath to make yourself a victim and blame others, other people for how you feel, thinking you're super spiritual because you've done a bunch of psychedelics, looking outside yourself with astrology instead of making your own decisions, looking for a sign rather than taking ownership that you create your reality, thinking a guru, saint, or teacher has the answers, thinking if you just send prayers and meditate, the issue will go away, pointing fingers at someone else rather than taking responsibility. Taking responsibility, that is everything, man. That was one of the biggest takeaways from our, our call yesterday, and also I've done that course two times, and taking radical responsibility for our lives is the most important thing. It is everything, and it is the biggest, ah, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. But yeah, so those are, those are pretty powerful, right? And I think when we're on this journey and doing this work, there might be times where we might actually identify with some of those, those ideas of those spiritual bypassing techniques and, and or ideas and ways of looking at the world. You know, we use our spirituality as a, as a way to almost deflect the work, like the more of the work. <laughs> We're doing the work. I don't want to do more work, but it is work. And, and this idea of spirituality, like we could live a beautiful spiritual life and be super enlightened and live in our head and live in space and be floating in the clouds and, and be super free and free from like, but I believe once we die, that's where all, that's where we do that. <laughs> we're just energy. We're just floating around, man. And we're, whatever that looks like, some kind of divinity going on up there. But I believe that we chose to have this human experience. There might be all these, you know, angels and souls and stuff looking down and saying, I want to have that human experience because I want to struggle. I want to suffer. I want to feel what that feels like, you know? And we chose to have this human experience. And you think about the grand cosmos, the grand scheme, like scheme of life, the timeline of the universe and the world and the, like, the universe itself, but also the world, which is thousands of years old. And then the universe is more of that, thousands and thousands of years old, billions, trillions, I don't know. Our existence on this earth, 100 years, let's say, which on average is like 70 years, is a grain of sand in the cosmos, in the timeline of everything. So the fact that we are living this experience in this body at this time, it's mind-boggling and it doesn't make any sense. 400 trillion to one odds that we are here on this earth at this time, and I feel like we're in this time of a huge transformation as a collective, economy, climate, global issues, all this stuff is happening. Like we are in a very unique time in time, you know? So I think we chose to have this human experience. So we get into this human experience and then we're trying to like get all love and spiritual and all the way up here. And that is awesome. And I'm here for that and like doing the work. But... There's a whole human experience that we have to live and that we're here to live. And that is, and I talk about an episode of Dr. John Martini talking about the equilibrium. You can never get too low. You can never get too high. It's like our heart rate, you know? Bump, 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 up, down, up, down, up, down. Like, I think that is the greatest representation of the human experience, the yin and the yang, the good and the bad. It's all a part of it. It's all part of this beautiful experience. And true masters, right, are people that don't 
never have fear. They, they, the fear is there. They never fail. It's not that they don't fail because they fail. The best people in their fields, they fail. They have insecurities, imposter syndrome. They, they struggle. They suffer. They have all the things, all the things. Sometimes they say the best leader. I think that was actually in Wakanda. The best leaders have suffered the most or something like that. And the Black Panther movie. And that I just I just really do believe now that that is a part of the human experience, right? So I think we do ourselves a disservice by doing all of this work and neglecting because I think at the end of the day we're judging that negative, that bad is bad, really, right? When it's actually divine and it's beautiful and it's all part of the human experience, right? The goods, the bads, the highs and the lows, really embracing it and not creating that resistance because when we live up here in the spiritual world, we create more resistance. We're separating from ourselves. We're separating from our truths. And um, I think that can create dis-ease in the body, right? That can... That confusion, that separation is, is, is uh, something deep, man. Something deep. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Let me know what you guys are thinking and how you guys are feeling, especially for my spiritual homies out there. And I also want to pose a question because this has been on my mind quite frequently. Is I'm curious, is there ever a time in this human experience, because I'm talking about the highs and the lows, where you enter it's possible to get to a state of mastery where we don't react the way that we used to. Because sometimes I feel like I'm doing the work and I'm diving into, all right, where are my insecurities here? Where am I triggering here? And I'm looking for it and I'm actually finding it because I'm looking for it. Instead of, is there ever actually a time where I can just embody something to the point where someone cuts me off and I don't judge them? Someone says something and I don't judge them. Someone does this and I don't judge myself. You know, do we? is it possible to get to that state or is it, the work never stop, right? That's fascinating me for, for a while. So let me know what you guys think about that. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if you're digging this, if you're vibing this, like, comment, rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends, tell your family, support the podcast, support the mission. I love you guys. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Larkin underscore Andrew. And always small act of kindness for you, for others, makes the world go round. We need it now more than ever. High five yourself. But first, hug a loved one. Give them a nice bear hug. High five yourself because you are deserving. You are worthy. You are beautiful and enough, enough, enough. And always, always, always strive to live a lucid life. This is Andrew Larkin. One love.